Hi everyone, welcome back to the Quantum Heart Cafe. I hope everyone is well this weekend and enjoying their Valentine's Day and happy Valentine's Day. I know it's uh, kind of a mixed bag for people. Some people love Valentine's Day, some people hate it, some people just don't really care. Um, I'm one of those ones, I don't mind Valentine's Day. I do enjoy eating the chocolates. I probably ate too many chocolates this weekend. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't know, I think, and this kind of goes into my gratitude, because I was thinking about it today, and I have a lot of Libra in my chart, and so relationships are kind of a big deal, or they can be, sometimes, sometimes I kind of maybe give them a little more too, a little too much importance than what they need to be, if that makes sense, but, you know, over these last few years, I've learned a lot and have 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 had some really helpful guidance from uh, some very wise people, and uh, in understanding astrology and understanding relationships. And sometimes, like there is a pretty big gift to being single. And I used to be one of these pick me types, <laughs> where it's just I just wanted to be in one. And I would end up attracting women that probably weren't that great for me. Uh, but I was just uh, so idolized. And maybe it wasn't so much because it was the, the, the woman. I think it was more so the idea of being in a relationship was going to be something I could fill a void with. And, I mean, I suspect I'm not the only one who's had this experience before. And it's just not... That's, this doesn't have, I mean, yeah, I could, but you probably, I mean, you may have the same experience where I tried to fill that void with a person that wasn't uh, the good, a right fit for me. And as I've taken a step back and just learned to enjoy being on my own and just having, like, there's no drama. Like, it's a drama-free zone when you're on your own. Um, not to say that, you know, it wouldn't be nice to have like you know, attract a companion one day, or like I'm totally against being in a relationship. I'm not. All I'm saying is that, um, I think this today I've kind of been reflecting on it, and just being single and just being patient and taking my time. And when <clears throat> if there's someone that's meant to be in my life, they will be. If they're not, then so be it. Um, I don't really want to have to go. Uh, too far out of my way to find a relationship. There's more important things going on right now. And I also find, too, like, I would like to attract someone that I can have relation or talk, discussions on electromagnetic frequency or discussions about uh, the fourth industrial revolution and, and, you know, and that they know about it, too, and that they're just as concerned as I am and, you know, or at least like they they're aware of it, and maybe they're not really doing anything, but they don't call me a conspiracy tinfoil hatter. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, I do notice this within <coughs> certain communities <laughs> that they don't really think about this stuff, but it's real. And so I'd rather have someone. I'd rather be on my own than have someone that, uh, or be in a relationship with someone that doesn't understand any of this stuff and isn't because then they wouldn't understand me either 
and I would just be as lonely as being on my own. And so, you know, I'll be, I'll just gonna continue focusing and doing my thing. And if the universe sends me someone, that's great. If not, then maybe the next lifetime. You know, I, I do think, and I do believe in reincarnation. Our souls go through a lot of journeys, not just this one, uh, as a means of learning and experiencing life. And if I'm meant to be in a relationship in this lifetime, I will be. If not, then it'll be in the next one, and there's not much I can do about it. And to be honest, it's kind of nice. <laughs> it, I don't know. It doesn't. It takes the pressure off stuff. Um, or like I said, sometimes like the the ladies I've met in the past, like holy max. So. I will say that sometimes being on my own is a blessing. <laughs> At least it's, it's relaxing and there's no drama, so I will say that. And that's my gratitude for today. Uh, and, I w and I was grateful for the chocolates too. That's, you know, I kind of used to say, well, I, can, I could actually use any day to eat as an excuse to eat chocolates, so I could I probably... You know, probably need to like kind of rein that in a bit, <laughs> and then you know, sugar's not too much. Sugar's not good for us anyway. Uh, and speaking of what's not good for us, so this is the second half. Uh, I did say last week that I'll be going through the second half of EMF'd by Dr. Joseph Mer Mercola, and I forgot to I I'll check last week, but I'll for sure leave. A link for this book in the comments if anybody or just the show notes so if anyone is interested in uh, purchasing a copy of it or just reading the online version or if you have like a one of those um, e-readers like downloading one I'll leave a description or a link for it I try not to link to Amazon too much like I, I try and avoid using the big box doors as much as I can. Sometimes I don't have a choice, like if there's, maybe it's the only spot that I can find the thing, but I try and support small businesses or uh, black owned businesses. And uh, I just, you know, that dollar goes further when you spend it in a small business than it does with a, a large corporation. And Amazon, <clears throat> Amazon treats the workers like shit anyway. and. You know, so I'm trying to like align more with my values. So when I do post links to books and you know anything else I find as this I move along with this show, I'll, I'll push. I'll try and find a local uh, spot that's selling it, and then you know, and I encourage all of you to maybe check out, you know, do some searches and see if there's local businesses that carry some like a uh, that carry some of these books or any other product or anything else that I kind of mentioned on the show. Uh, just so that, you know, like, like I said, the dollar, when you spend a dollar in your community, that dollar goes further than if you spend it at a big box store. Because if, if you spend a dollar in your community, I mean, not only are you paying your employees, but that live in that community, so then they end up spending money in their community and so the, the it starts to circulate and uh so more of the dollar stays whereas with a large box store yes they do pay their employees but they usually don't pay them very well 
And then the rest of the money is gets shipped off to an offshore bank account somewhere, and they don't really pay that much in taxes, so really they're just kind of sucking us dry. To, whereas like the, the what's called the Main Street economy, so you know the Main Street economy is all you know like the small businesses, maybe medium uh, regional businesses that are located in our communities, whereas like the Wall Street economy is like the the big banks and the big box store retailers and so on. So I, I try and support our Main Street economy as much as I can. And you know, even with like the you know the lockdowns and stuff, like I still went into small businesses. I just did takeout because sometimes you couldn't. I wasn't allowed to sit in the uh, the the restaurant, but I just got takeout or something. So, cause I, you know, I don't want them to go out of business because they're kind of in a a tough spot as well. Like if they don't follow mandates and stuff, some you know they do get these hefty fines. But I mean, it's better to stand up against it and to stand together and speak out. Uh, I just don't want to see more businesses going under. So I'll go to a restaurant and then I'll just take takeout or something. Um, I try not to be. I'm more hard on like the. Uh, the government and stuff like that, not so much uh, small businesses. But that all being said, <laughs> back to the book. Uh, so the second half of EMF is talking about ways to uh, reduce or eliminate exposure to EMF. And then they also did speak about ways that we can recover from EMF. I'm going to go into a little bit of it, uh, like the ways that we can recover from if, if, uh, too much EMF exposure, like there's vitamins and there's foods that we can take to help out. Uh, I'm not, I want to be careful with that though, because I'm not trying to offer, um, I'm just saying what was in the book and uh, you could take that um, and use that as you like, like it's not uh, medical advice, it's just reading from what, I'm just kind of reading what was in the book. I have started taking uh, magnesium because it, it did talk about magnesium and how like most of us are magnesium deficiency or deficient sorry um, and then also talked about uh, an, a really powerful antioxidant it's called NRF2 and <clears throat> NRF2 is a pathway to keep us healthy and but a lot of us don't know about it, so I'll, I'll go over a little bit of NRF2 as well. And, and uh, Dr. Marcola does provide a list of uh, foods and places that you can, or foods that we can eat that have um, a, a boost of NF NRF2 in it. And then I'm going to talk more about sort of the stuff that we can do to start reduce reducing EMFs in our home and the steps that we can take to reduce them or shield ourselves like if we can't completely shield ourselves we can or sorry if we can't completely uh, reduce or eliminate the EMFs in our home we can uh, shield ourselves and then and then that's pretty much the book I don't think it's going to be a long show tonight uh, it's just mostly, I'm just summarizing what I learned in here. And I'll find some links and leave them in the description. I think 
I think stuff like this, like like books like EMF and you know probably the Invisible Rainbow. When I read that next, would probably benefit from like a visual presentation as well. So I am seriously looking into uh, starting a YouTube channel. I mean, not just focused on EMF stuff, but other topics as well. I just find that you know, if by talking about it, I mean, some people are audio learners and so by talking about what's in the book it's probably fine for people that may be more audio orientated but it is nice to have some visuals to go along with it so you can also see what uh, Dr. Marcola is talking about but I'll do my best tonight with what I have and you know, down the road I think I'll revisit this again and put together a visual presentation for people so that you can start to um, you know, see these things for yourself and, and do your own sort of research. I will leave some uh, links in the description to places where you can find meters. I live in current, what's currently called Canada right now, so most of the links I'm going to leave be leaving are Canadian links. But if you live in the States, I mean, the nice thing about living in the States is that your dollar does go further <laughs> in Canada, so I mean, check to see if these places that I'm going to link ships to the uh, ships to the states if they do then you actually might be saving yourself some dollars maybe but um or maybe it'll just turn out to be the equivalent um but most of the links are going to be canadian but i'm sure if you do a google search um you know you put in type in like uh reducing emf exposure or emf meters like <clears throat> you could probably find something I would suggest to save up and, and purchase a half decent meter, like when I get to that section, because you're like I wouldn't advise getting a cheap one. It's kind of like uh, I like again, I'm working towards becoming an electrician, and yes, I can go to a hardware store and get like a twenty dollar uh, meter for or. Uh, yeah, voltage meter um, to measure the voltage, measure voltages, or I can get like a a cheap multimeter, which will allow me to still allow me to measure current and voltage and uh, ohms. But I wouldn't trust a cheap meter when I'm on a job site. Like I I, I don't mind spending a little bit more to get a professional meter, like from Fluke. Uh, just because it's safer like the cheaper meters are fine for uh, I don't know if you're just doing a little home electronics or something like that and then they're, they're probably fine but all I'm trying to say is if you want reliable good sorry if you want good reliable EMF readings like some buying a meter that is half decent you know it might be a couple hundred dollars for that but it it goes a long way because it, you know you really in this instance, I, I wouldn't want to cheap out on meters. I'd want to have, like, personally, I'd want to have a good meter to take reliable measurements because it just, it's the accuracy is it's important, right? Just to see how much EMF is in a home. So just that's just my personal. I mean, you do what you want. It's up to you. I'm just saying that, um, <clears throat> you know, I'd, I'd advise you to, you know. Maybe save a little extra 
a couple extra hundred dollars and get yourself a decent meter because it'll, it'll help. And usually the decent meter, like the good meters, last a long time too. As long as you don't drop it too many times, like they usually last a while. So there's that too. Like if you pay, <clears throat> maybe you pay a little bit more for a meter, you might have more life out of it. Whereas with a cheap meter, maybe it it's fine, but it doesn't last as long. So you're constantly having to go and buy meters. So that's just that's just what. Um, at least that's like what my experience in the trade has shown me is that like you know having decent tools and decent me measuring equipment does go a long way, especially towards safety. Okay, <clears throat> so I'm gonna start with I think I'm gonna start by going over uh, what the talking about these antioxidants that. Uh, Mr. Uh, Dr. Mercola talked about. Uh, hang on, I'm just looking at the book as a just as a reference to where to start. I think I'll just start by talking about NRF2 as a it's a powerful antioxidant. And he was saying in the book that not all antioxidants are the same. So I'm just going to read a little bit about when what NRF2 is because you can. Uh, part of the part of the recovery from too much EMF exposure is to have uh, more of a certain antioxidant because then that will balance out the oxidizing effect of EMF exposure. I, I don't know if you remember from last week, but I talked about how the voltage uh, gate calcium channels are like pretty much thrown wide open when you're exposed to EMFs and because we're pretty much blanketed with EMFs now they're, they're everywhere so we're being constantly exposed to that and so our uh, those voltage gate calcium channels are always open and our cells are are flooded with uh, too much calcium I mean uh, there's a normal amount of calcium that the that flows into our cells but our cells have developed a way to regulate that so that you only get as much as you need it's not overwhelming but the EMF exposure interferes with that and so we get too much and what happens is that uh, through a, 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 a few chemical reactions we end up having a lot of this uh, and uh, this oxidant or this a free radical called uh, hang on what was it called again uh, perox peroxynitrite. Per I hope I'm saying that right. Peroxynitrite. Uh, so that peroxynitrite is a free radical, and because there's so much of it, and what sorry, what a free radical is before I go on. A free radical is when a molecule is unbalanced. It has lost an, elect an electron, and so what happens is when something loses an electron, it becomes uh, a free radical because it's trying to find it's unbalanced and it's trying to find another molecule to balance itself out, like another you know maybe one that has an extra electron, or maybe if it's missing, or maybe if that rat free radical has one too many electrons, it'll find something that has less to because it's trying to balance itself out. But the problem is is that in this process, it's damaging 
a lot of our cells, is damaging our mitochondria, is damaging our blood-brain barrier because we're not meant to have that many free radicals in our body. Like a like it's normal for us to have a certain level of free radicals in our body, but just with the EMF exposure, it's too much, and it's damaging us. So <clears throat> one way to help recover from this is to have certain uh, antioxidants. And you can usually get this from food. Um, I think there are maybe some uh, vitamins that we can take, <clears throat> but the best sort is in that source. Sorry, the best source is natural food, along with vitamins. So NRF2 is the key pathway to keep to keep you healthy. And uh, he was saying that not. We don't really, I mean, I didn't really know what NRF2 was when I, until I read this book, but he was saying that most people don't know what this is, um, but it's like the master regulator of responses to oxidative damage from free radicals, inflammation, and mitochondrial dysfunction. Uh, in addition to helping your body address the effects of EMFs, the NRF2 pathway protects your cells from damaging effects of ionizing radiation such as x-rays. So NRF2 is really important for uh, protecting our cells from not just non-ionizing radiation, which is what the Wi-Fi, things like Wi-Fi and dirty electricity is, but it's also important for ionizing radiation, which is what x-rays, gamma rays, and certain ultraviolet uh, rays fall into that category. So, yeah, it's good to know. I didn't know how important NRF2s and antioxidants are. I was kind of just like, I didn't really pay much attention to that until now. Um, so since its discovery, NRF2 has become most known for its role in activating genes that have powerful antioxidant effects. It does not indiscriminately, indiscriminately suppress all free radicals. It only is only called to action when your body needs to reduce a free radical damage. At that point, it will trigger your DNA to activate up to 500 genes, including antioxidant proteins and detoxifying enzymes. So it sounds pretty. That sounds pretty important. Uh, uh, NRF2 can activate the production of hundreds of antioxidant and stress response genes. Some of these include the NQO1 gene uh, we talked about earlier. There's another, uh, I guess there's some more other coenzymes and enzymes that are also helpful for helping us to recover from EMF damage. Uh, so it, what I kind of got from reading this summary of uh, NRF2 is that uh, we can start replacing some of the, or we start helping our cells recover from damage from EMF exposure by having certain antioxidants in our bloodstream. Uh, and, and the big one is, one of the big ones is NRF2. So I'm just going to go through how um, we can get like some of the natural products we can uh, that have NRF2 in it. The <clears throat> so he was saying that many studies have shown that the consumption of fruits and vegetables is associated with reduced risk 
uh, for cardiovascular disease and stroke. That makes sense. Uh, experts used to believe that the protective effects of the uh, phytochemicals, um, the protective chemicals that plants produce, uh, resulted from their direct antioxidant actions. However, the understanding now is that the benefits conveyed by the phytonutrients in uh, fruits and vegetables are likely largely largely related to their NR NRF2 stimulating action and not their antioxidant action. Uh, fortunately, there are many natural products that will activate NRF2 and not only stimulate NQ01, but will provide many other benefits. The scope of this book does not allow me to go deep into the details here, but I have provided references to the studies that go into more depth. So he just kind of provides an overview of some of the antioxidants and like vitamins that we can take to uh, improve our, uh, or sorry, to recover from EMF exposure. And so some of them are uh, vitamin D. So I've been taking some vitamin D and it, and also the vitamin D does help with our immune system. And, you know, it's also, the, uh, the sun is also a good source of vitamin D. So when it's sunny out, make sure to get in a good walk in the sunshine. Uh, molecular hydrogen. So I've, I've learned a little bit. He does kind of talk about molecular hydrogen in the book. And he didn't go too far into it, but I think it's one of those things, maybe talk to um, someone in the, in the alternative health space. I mean, if you're a doctor, if you have a doctor that's kind of more like, open-minded or more understanding of what EMFs are and so on, then you can talk to them about stuff like molecular hydrogen. Um, he mentioned it a few times in the book, but uh, and it's what is and it's just uh, yeah, just trying to find it. What molecular hydrogen is he talked a lot about it a little bit but not too much okay so molecular uh, oxygen oh sorry not oxygen molecular hydrogen helps to prevent um, I think it, from what I understand it helps to I think it, oh, it helps to limit antioxidant, like the, sorry, not the any. it helps to limit oxidizing um, chemicals like uh, pyrooxynitrate, which is what I just talked about in terms of it being a free radical and damaging your body as a result of the, our calcium channels being overwhelmed by EMF exposure. Uh, so the, if you want to help to limit the amount of free radicals in your body that are produced from too much EMF exposure, you can start taking uh, molecular hydrogen. Again, I would talk to, if you're interested in that sort of thing, maybe talk to some uh, health professional. I'm not saying like Western medicine per se, but like if you have a doctor or someone that you can go to and they're familiar with uh, molecular hydrogen, then have a conversation with them because I don't know too much about that. I haven't taken it, but I think I'll probably also spend some time 
looking at the into health food stores and stuff to see if they have uh, any molecular hydrogen. But I mean, some of this stuff. I mean, sh I'm sure you could probably do some research research online, but maybe um, you know, just consult with like a a naturopath or something. Um, there's also broccoli. Uh, eating broccoli has uh, NRF2. And I know it doesn't taste the best, but it's really good for us, broccoli. Um, apples, black and green tea, and buckwheat have NRF2 boosting chemicals. So does um, red onions, berries, um, something called capers. I've never had that before. Um, turmeric is also very good for us. Uh, strawberries, uh, chamomile tea, apples. Maybe I'll have some chamomile tea tonight. Uh, uh, there's some chemicals that help, like in dark chocolate, like real dark chocolate, not the fake crap, but the the real dark chocolate. I know it's bitter as hell, but like it does, it does have some good, uh, it has does have some good chemicals in in it that help us uh, to create those um, antioxidants, and then. Pistachios, grapes, blueberries, pomegranates, uh, hazelnuts, olive oil, sweet potatoes, uh, microalgae, and uh, some seafood like krill. I actually haven't had krill before. They look pretty good though. Uh, cabbage, oregano, thyme, beans, peppermint, chives, leeks, so watermelon, uh, some tomatoes, uh, fish oil, exercise, and of course melatonin. So all these uh, go into th all these foods, and all these, and some of these vitamins go in towards help, uh, go towards helping to help our bodies recover from too much EMF exposure. And I mean, I've started incorporating them into my diet. I I have to admit, I have to get better at. Uh, getting away from processed foods and stuff, I always find an excuse to eat those stupid muffins, and I'm just like, they're, they're probably not good for me. But I was happy that I went to the store, and I did get some dried apricots and, like, raisins and uh, walnuts and stuff like that. I know they sound doesn't sound terribly exciting, but they're, I, you know, actually dried apricots taste pretty good. And it's a lot better than the... Uh, processed garbage that you know is normally found in a lot of stores like that stuff eating eating processed garbage doesn't help won't help us to recover from EMF but the thing is it's like with this push to the fourth towards the great reset and the fourth industrial revolution is that like we have these healthy foods now and this is I mean I guess this kind of goes into maybe in a kind of segues a bit into a different discussion but uh, I will say this that if we don't protect our food supply I mean if we don't we don't protect local growers and local farmers we won't have the option of these healthy foods because what they want is for us to like eat um, food that's grown in a, a hydroponic factory and yeah okay maybe hydroponics is it, it's better than nothing, but it doesn't beat natural farming. I'm sorry, but maybe instead of de degradating 
or degrading our soil even further. Why not? I think it's it's mending and and healing our soil and, and healing the earth. Like we can't continue with this. Like it, it's just it doesn't. I don't see how large scale hydroponic farming is going to be a good thing in the long run. Like how the earth and the soils and the natural just the, her natural rhythms, natural way of doing things is far better than what we could ever do in a stupid factory. Like, maybe hydroponics has its place, but it shouldn't be the sole way that we produce our food. And I just don't trust it. And it's so easy for something to go horribly wrong and then we'd have nothing. Right? Like, the way that they're treating the environment and that like these, when I say way, like these large corporations and large agribusiness, it's just appalling. And if we want a future for our kids and a future where we can have delicious apples and nutritious apples or whichever foods you love, like, you know, it's just taking a stand and fighting for what we love and fighting for good food. Because having a good, nutritious uh, diet and whatever context it is for you because I also want to um, <clears throat> acknowledge that our diets are also going to be different culturally you know what someone in India eats is very different from what someone in Ireland eats for instance or someone in like you're not going to have someone in up in Nunavut eating a vegan based diet it doesn't make sense it's, this is nonsense like the, they live in the Arctic <laughs> they like Protein is their main source of food. You can't grow vegetables up there. Or maybe you can, but like you, it doesn't. I don't think you can grow that many. Um, so it just doesn't make sense. Like it's just diets, regions, and cultures also go into our diet. And it's really, I think it's really annoying <coughs> seeing vegans and stuff telling people what from other cultures and other areas of the earth like what to do and it's just like without understanding that cultural context and without understanding that like you know if someone's living in a northern community like they're not going to be able to grow uh oranges mostly right like or and they may have a hard time growing lettuce like their, their main sources of food are uh, from hunting and fishing and maybe there's some berries in there as well and some uh some other food sources, but like, there's nothing wrong with hunting and fishing, or for people to grow their own food, like that raise animals and grow their own food. Like, stop telling people what to do. Um, if you want to go after the real problem, like go after the uh, factory farms, like the the Monsantos and the agribusinesses, which are the real problem, and are really are degrading and destroying our soil. Like that's the that's the people that are causing issues not local farmers and not growers and not hunters or fisher or people fishing in their um fishing on their land like it's just it's silly uh <clears throat> so just back to one more thing about like what we can do to help our diets another thing is that's really good for uh, improving damage from emf is taking magnesium i've started taking magnesium at night um, I've only taken it for the past couple of days, so I haven't noticed any changes, but from what I understand, magnesium is really important, and it's one of the 
uh, minerals that we're pretty deficient in. So uh, you can get um, elemental magnesium. I think he was saying that, you know, try and look for, when you're in the health food store or something, try and look for elemental magnesium, like approximately 400 milligrams. But again, like, I don't want to be giving out advice because if you're, like, I think it may also depend on how much you weigh and stuff, but I mean, <clears throat> magnesium is important. So maybe, you know, just do a little research and figure out how much magnesium you need to have in your uh, daily di uh, diet and, and then go from there. But it's really good to supplement our uh, diets with the vitamin intake of magnesium. It's, um, and I guess there might be different types of uh, magnesiums, but you want to look for like the elemental magnesium, from what I understand. Uh, so if you can, like, you know, just do some research and see uh, into the antioxidants and the vitamins you can take to uh, help mitigate and recover from EMF damage. And so when he talks about, um, so. Not only does he talk about kind of what we can do with our diet, but he also talks about what we can do with the EMF exposure in our homes and in our environment. And um, there's kind of four basic principles he lays out in the book, and uh, one of them being uh, avoid unnecessary exposure to EMFs, especially inside your own home and from your personal devices such as your cell phone, uh, where you have the most control. So what that means is like if you can let's say you live in, like if you have um, a Wi-Fi internet uh, one of the ways you can help to reduce your EMF exposure is to start using a uh, oh, sorry not Wi-Fi if you're using Wi-Fi to access your internet you can use start using Ethernet so it's a, Ethernet's the physical it's those blue physical wires that you can uh, connect your your laptop to your uh, either your modem or your router, um, and even with your modem and your router, you want to look into modems and and routers that don't have Wi-Fi in them. So what he was saying is basically going from a having a Wi-Fi internet service in your home to using a wired service, and that usually is going to be EMF or sorry uh, Ethernet. Uh, with Ethernet cables, so I, I did see a really good video that guy named uh, Scotty. I can't remember his last name, but this guy named Scotty. He did a video about how you can wire up your home with using Ethernet. It's really good, so I'll leave that in the description uh, below. But it's not as hard as you think. It's just looking for. You really want to look for, if this is something that you wanted, or if you can do, and you, this is something you want to do. <clears throat> is you want to have a modem and a router that don't have Wi-Fi in them and where you can you can run your um, Ethernet cables and with modems too some of them are also uh, available able to use uh, just a regular phone so that's another thing instead of using uh, a cordless phone which also is uh, exposes a lot of EMF or having a cell phone in your home, you can have just a regular, those red, regular old school coded phones that we used to have. 
those are uh, a good option and, and most a lot of modems will have like if you don't have the phone jack in your wall a lot of modems do have and maybe even routers too a lot of modems do have the option to plug in a phone so you can have a, a wired phone in your home and actually having a wired phone isn't a bad idea either because let's say the power goes out like we've had power outages here before and my mom still has a wired uh, a recorded phone and she's used it before and you know in a when the grid goes down like I can't <clears throat> use a cell phone but you know my mom's able to use her recorded phone in a uh, when the power is down so that's another uh, plus to having a corded phone is like even if the power goes out you can still use it whereas you can't really use a cordless phone when the power goes out and you can't use it unless you have battery in it you can't really use a cell phone either and and so that is the nice thing about having a a, mo a corded mo or a corded setup is that you can have a regular phone as well and so that that even that reduces the amount of EMF exposure even more because you're not using your cell phone and you're not using a corded phone corded or sorry cordless phones cordless phones are just as bad as self as a, a smartphone they emit uh, EMF radiation from their bases even when they're not in use so those aren't really a good option either so that the best option is to have a corded phone and to have corded internet because with corded like with the ethernet there's you don't have nearly as much I mean at it's a lot safer like you don't really have that much exposure to EMF and the, the connection is better too like I mean I don't know if you've had this with Wi-Fi but you know I find uh, I've used Wi-Fi and I find that the connection sometimes is crappy and it it conks out and all this other stuff so wired is is in some in a lot of ways wired is better and not just for our health like it, it does have a better connection too and there's ways to run your wire that don't make it look like a you know spaghetti there's a way to do it and, it, and again it's in Scotty's video where he shows that you can you can run your ethernet cable throughout your home and you can also you can like if you have multiple devices that you want to hook up to the internet you can still do that with a wired uh, ethernet cable what they do is they sell uh, places like electronic stores we don't have Radio Shack up here, but I, think, I don't know if you guys still have Radio Shack in the States. Uh, in Canada, we do have electronic stores, but mostly local stores that might sell these. Uh, but you could probably just find it online from Newegg or something like uh, Ethernet switches. So what an Ethernet switch is, is that enables you to hook up multiple devices to it. So you can have your modem and then you can have uh, Ethernet running from your modem to different switch boxes located in your home. Like if you're living, I think if you're living in a condo, it might not be so. You probably won't need as much of these uh, switch boxes. But if you're living in a home and you have, you know, your family's living in there, and maybe you have like a a couple laptops throughout the home or something, and so you want to have be able to hook up multiple devices to the internet. Like you can run use switches. And Ethernet cables to do that because with a uh, switch, all you need is another Ethernet cable, and you could plug in your device. And there are adapters for uh, devices like tablets, and you know, laptops, of course, will have 
They should have an Ethernet cable. If not, then they'll have, or sorry, Ethernet port. If they don't have an Ethernet port, they'll have like, you could get an adapter for it. And I'll, I'll see if I can find a link for that and put it in the description. I don't know if Scotty included that, but like Scotty, his video is really cool because he does kind of give you an overview of how you can uh, hook up, how you can uh, create a wired wired connections for your home. Uh, so that's that's really good. So you want to try and avoid unnecessary exposure to EMFs, and one way to do that is to have uh, wired Ethernet in your home. Sorry, I meant to say I did I say Ethernet exposure, or EMF exposure. I meant to say EMF exposure, not Ethernet exposure. Anyway, um, and then another thing. So if you can't avoid unnecessary EMF exposure, you can try and put yourself. Uh, put as much distance between yourself and the source of the EMF. So, you know, if you're, let's say you want to kind of create a, turn your bedroom into a, an EMF uh, sanctuary where you don't have too much exposure. Well, you probably want to have, like you could, if you have a plug, plugs nearby, you probably want to make sure your bed is, there's some distance between that. And again, this is where a meter would come in handy because you can kind of measure how strong an EMF field is in your room, and you can kind of, uh, you know, set up your room accordingly. And then you can also, uh, and for outside your home, uh, he was saying to you can decrease your EMF exposure coming into your house from external sources. And then the last thing is that when if you can't avoid it or put distance between yourself and EMF. Uh, you can also shield it, and I'll get to that in a second. But the point is, is try and uh, his point is to try and reduce your EMF exposure as much as you can. And you could there's a number of different ways to achieve that. And he was also saying that when you do that, like he's done it for his himself, and he's noticed that his health has improved quite a bit. His attention span and memory have have improved quite a bit. Um, I think the real, for me, like when I was reading this, the real thing that I would love to see more of is to get these, uh, Wi-Fi and get this 5G stuff out of the schools. They, they really are, you know, they really want that data from those kid from our kids. And so they, you know, they want to give kids like these Chromebooks and, uh, Oculus Rift goggles, please, for the love of God, do not buy your kid Oculus Rift goggles. I'm, I'm telling you, like, the, the metaverse is not a place for kids. It, it's just not. I know they're going to uh, try and market it as something cool and, like, you can go play games and stuff like that with their friends, but no, it's, it's dangerous. Like, it's like the Wild West, and there are grown-ups and weirdos in there that take advantage of kids and it's just I don't know I, I would not I would advise against getting them those not only is the Wi-Fi from those headsets damaging their brains but just the whole thing is just it's not good for them so if you're a parent and they I know it's tough especially uh, given that you know schools and like the you know, this fourth industrial revolution, I'm going to really push having kids online more and more. And it's up 
for their it's not for the kids' benefit. It's for theirs because they can get the data, and that's what they want. They want data, and they want to use children to run simulations and to do all this crap. And I think after after I'm done talking about uh, EMF exposure, so the next book I'm going to be uh, talking about is The Invisible Rainbow. After that, I've been thinking about um, talking about like the there's a bunch of sci-fi books that Allison McDowell has recommended. Uh, one of them is Ender's Game. I, I read that a while ago. But in a nutshell, what she was saying is that uh, the military and um, defense contractors and the governments and stuff, are they want to use children not only to gather data, but to build this transhumanist metaverse uh, future and there's there's ways that they're going to try and do that one of the, the biggest ones is through education uh, because education is changed like they're changing the way education is done and now with this whole uh, this whole like event going on they want to push more kids online and they want to turn education into like a token based education where you know kids get credentials and skills and they talk about this lifelong learning but really it's lifelong servitude uh children won't have a choice like if they they won't know if they want to be a dancer or something they won't be able to do that unless it's to keep this the narrative for the fourth industrial revolution going on because they are using arts and the arts culture to push this narrative and so uh, yeah unless there's like a kid that I don't know unless there's a way that they can find kids to keep pushing and feeding the narrative that this is a good thing then you know all these kids are going to be doing is like stem jobs and you know maybe medical jobs and then if they're deemed like they're not quote unquote worthy they won't. They just won't have a job. They'll be. I don't know. They'll be giving UBI and. And it's not. It's not a good future, for our kids. It really isn't. And we can say no. We can stand up and be like, hey, you know what? We don't want this. And that's where like with learning about electromagnetic, uh, pollution and 5G. Like maybe this is a way we can start to roll this back. Uh, because, you know, not only are they wanting to take advantage of kids, but it's ruining our health and the health of all beings on this planet. So, um, you know, maybe through, you know, talking about electromagnetic, the dangers of electromagnetic frequencies um, can also help uh, protect kids, too, from, you know, being preyed on by uh, these money-hungry corporations that pretend to care, but they don't. Uh, okay, so... I'm just, I'll just go into a bit more about EMF. So no, actually, I've been talking for quite a while now, so... I think he does provide a summary. I'm just uh, quickly um, looking through my notes, uh, and he's providing a summary kind of like what we can do now like strategies that we can use 
to protect ourselves from EMF exposure. So I think that's what I'll do is I'll I'll read the strategies and then uh, you can kind of take what take those and um, use that as a starting point to reduce EMF in your own life. Let's see. Okay, so I'm going to read through some of these strategies and how to like reduce and replace some of the EMF in your home. And then what I'll do is I'll follow up this video um, maybe sometime in March or April with an online presentation that goes deep, a bit deeper into some of the ways that, you know, maybe it'd be like an ongoing presentation where I talk about like Faraday bags and EMF shields and stuff like that. Um, but I'll just give you some stuff from the book to help get you started and to help kind of think about ways that you can uh, reduce the EMF exposure in your house. Um, and then really the best way to reduce the EMF exposure in a larger society is to say no to um, these wireless uh, devices. Like, to say, like, don't buy smart devices, don't buy smart appliances. We don't need the Internet of Things, and we most certainly do not need the Internet of Bodies. Like, yeah. Um, okay. So, one, replace all your wireless technology with wired alternatives. If you meet with uh, resistance from other members of your household, then you'll need to educate everyone about the information in this book. Uh, at the very least, turning off all wireless devices in the house at night is an important first step, and it's better than doing nothing. Um, use wired versions of keyboards, mice, and game controllers, and if these devices allow you to put them in airplane mode, please do so. Uh, once you have replaced a wireless mouse and keyboard with wired versions, make sure to disable the Bluetooth in your computer, otherwise it will continue to emit radio frequencies. Uh, connect your internet, or sorry, connect your computer, your printer to your computer with a USB cable or a networked, or network through a hardwired router using Ethernet cable. Uh, presuming your computer is also part of that hardwired network with the Ethernet cable. Uh, then disable the Wi-Fi on the printer. Uh, continue with your transition to wired technologies by rethinking your home phone. Ideally, you want to use a traditional landline or voice over internet protocol phone system at home or in the office where you have a wired internet connection. Uh, plug in the term free um, voice over internet service into your favorite search engine and then you'll find a wide variety of op options to use. Uh, one advantage is that all domestic calls will be free. I don't know too much about uh, voice over internet protocol, I would just, before doing it, maybe do your research on that just before you use one, but you can get a uh, wired, like I was saying before, you can get a wired, a normal wired phone and just plug that in. Um, so remove all the fluorescent bulbs and fixtures from your home. Uh, this is for three reasons. The primary one is that these fixtures produce dirty electricity, usually in the range of 62 kilohertz 
The bulbs have toxic uh, mercury inside, and if you happen to break one, you'll have a toxic challenge to contend with. LED and fluorescent, fluor uh, fluorescent bulbs <coughs> also flicker, which impairs your biology. Uh, the risks from flickering lights include seizures, less and less specific uh, neurological symptoms uh, such as malice and headaches. Malice and headaches. It is best to have LEDs only in areas that you don't use very much. This is because if someone accidentally leaves them on, they will not consume as much energy as the healthier incandescent alternatives. Uh, however, because most LEDs have some digital blue light, have the same sorry. However, because most LEDs have the same digital blue light concern, it would be best to use the old clear incandescent bulbs in areas that you frequently have lit at night, like your kitchen, bathroom, and bedroom. So all that means, so when he's talking about digital blue light concern, um, when you use LEDs, and I'm bad for this too, I have two LED lamps right now, but when, uh, you, like the LED light from our computer screens and our smartphones, and the LED light from most LED bulbs interferes with our uh, ability to produce melatonin at night like it messes around with our I think it's the called the circadian rhythm it interrupts that so we're not able to have as deep a sleep as we would normally have without them <clears throat> so what I've been doing is I've been uh, turning off my electronics and my phones and stuff about an hour before I go to bed and it's just I find that to be helpful in terms of cutting down that blue light exposure and <clears throat> helping me to get better sleeps. Uh, but they do deal have, sorry, they do still do have incandescent light bulbs. <clears throat> and if they have incandescent light bulbs in your community, snatch them up. <laughs> Make sure that they keep, keep buying them so that they keep producing them because they're a lot healthier for us than these LED, LED light bulbs. Um, and if you have uh, fluorescent light bulbs, just see if you can swap them out for incandescent light bulbs or find another fixture that doesn't, doesn't use uh, fluorescent lights because they're not they're really not good for us. They produce a lot of uh, dirty electricity. And if you have a dimmer switch that also produces dirty electricity, so maybe, you know, I mean, if you could, like most homes will have the option now you, where you can have a dimmer switch. I would advise against the dimmer switch because they do produce a lot of dirty electricity. And then a few other strategies, like if you have that uh, stupid Alexa or that um, that annoying uh, Siri or whatever her friggin' name is, like you know, toss it. You don't need that shit. Like, oh, uh, it's interesting. Like you see these commercials with kids playing around with Alexa, and they're like the BFFs or something. Um, I don't know, Alexa's not really our friend. She spies on us all the time, it's just annoying. And additionally, these Internet of Things items, like the smart devices and the Nest, Google Nest and all this stuff, they emit Wi-Fi and they have 5G built into them. So, you know, not only are they listening in on your conversations and watching you, because they are, they are collecting your data, um, they're also making us sick. Like if we have them in our home because they keep they use Wi-Fi 
So well, that Wi-Fi radiation that they emit is harming us. It's doing damage to our biology. So I don't know. I just wouldn't get these devices if I was you. And if you have Alexa, maybe put her in a box somewhere and put her outside. I don't know. Like personally, I don't get the appeal of these things. Like they're just I just think they're annoying, and uh, <clears throat> I don't want Amazon in my house. So. Maybe what I'm saying is a bit extreme, but I'm just, I can't. And it's just my thing, I just can't. Same thing with TVs now, I would never buy another TV. Um, if you want to have like a, a big screen in your house, you can get like a, a bigger com uh, computer monitor and just use that. Like you can use, I've done that where I have, I used to have uh, just a regular TV monitor. It wasn't a smart TV, it was just a regular TV. It was an older one. And it had an HDMI cable in the back, so I was able to hook that up with my laptop, and I used that as a screen. Um, you can also use computer uh, screens, and they, they come in pretty decent sizes now, so you can have just a regular uh, desktop computer screen, and then you can hook up your computer to or your regular laptop or tablet to that and then use that as like a uh, a bigger screen to watch a movie on or something if that's what you would really like to do but I would have I wouldn't get these smart TVs not only do they emit uh, lots of Wi-Fi from them but they do they do spy on you <laughs> it is it's just uh, it's just the way that they do listen in on conversations and stuff so I would just avoid smart TVs as much as you can like I mean I don't even watch TV anymore I, I mean I still do have a Netflix account but even then that's pretty boring so it's just I don't know I, I, I personally I, I would really consider getting rid of the TV if you really need to have something then look at um, those lap those screens those desktop uh, computer screens and again I think they come in decent sizes where you're, you'd be able to uh, use one and just and then just run uh, like a HDMI cable between that and your uh, tablets or whatever if you want to watch a movie. And then the last thing, I'll, I mean, there's more to it than that, but I mean, if I read the whole thing, we'll be here for hours. So, um, oh, sorry, I'll I'll just say a couple more things that you could do to reduce EMF in your home. Uh, if you have a microwave, I still have a microwave, but I am, because in the future I will be moving away from microwaves and having either just like a regular uh, convection st stovetop oven or like a, I don't know about these air fryers, I've seen them before, but I wonder if they're like healthy, if they're fine then I w I'd go for an air fryer. But just remember. Reducing it the amount of time I, I use a microwave because uh, they do emit quite a bit of radiation when they're both in use and not in use. But I mean, the, the cell phones are still worse than the microwaves because the cell phone is like it's constant exposure, whereas the microwave usually is just when you're using it to heat up food. But I don't know if you can just try and get like a toaster oven or something, they're probably. I have a toaster oven, I love it, and I use it more than the microwave. Um, so there's other options to choose from than a microwave. 
however, if you still have a microwave and you don't have anything to shield your uh, cell phone or your laptop with, if it fits, you can put it in the microwave. Like, you can put those devices in the microwave, and the microwave itself kind of acts like a shield. Just do not forget that they're in, or just remember that you put them in there. Uh, and if you are living with in a house with people, and you choose to put your stuff in a microwave, make sure to tell people. I mean, there's other solutions, and there's other ways to block EMF exposure from uh, your cell phone and laptop, but if you don't have anything else and you want to use your microwave just and you're, and you're living with people, just make them aware so that they don't accidentally turn the microwave on while, the, while that stuff is in there because uh, it, it will fry both the microwave and those devices. Um, personally, I would... I, I'm, I'm looking into swapping out my microwave for uh, one of those nice convection ovens because they could do more too. I live in a small space so a convection oven might be actually kind of nice. Uh, avoid wearing metal frame glasses if you can wear plastic glasses because plastic is uh, plastic is considered an insulator so an insulator is the opposite of a conductor and insulator doesn't really uh, conduct electricity that much. So wood is another one if you have a metal bed frame, like seriously consider getting rid of your metal bed frame and putting in a wood frame one with wood, like with wooden dowels and stuff, uh, because the wood again wood is a good insulator, and by sleeping in a wooden bed you're reducing your exposure to EMFs, and uh, and if you have an outlet next to your bed, try and like move your bed away from it as much as you can, and just have like this wooden a wooden bed frame with it. Uh, let's see. And then the last, I talked about dimmers, uh, dimmer switches. Just uh, maybe re really like consider seriously consider switching out your dimmer switch with a regular one. I know it's nice. It looks pretty having multiple. Uh, we're able to control your light, and it's kind of nice. But the trade-off is that you are exposing yourself to dirty electricity. So. If you want to reduce the amount of EMF in your home, then I'd recommend uh, swapping out your dimmer switches. Uh, just ask a qualified uh, electrician to do that for you. Uh, yeah, don't. Yeah, another one is uh, get rid of your baby monitor. Again, baby monitors, uh, well, they have EMF exposure, but if they're also uh, internet enabled, uh, you can have some creep. Um, hack into your baby monitor and watch your kids while they sleep. So I just, I just wouldn't. There's other ways that you can have, um, kind of keep an eye on and watch your kids as you sleep at night. You can have the babies in your uh, room, or you could find another way to um, help keep an eye on them. I would just not have a baby monitor because a lot of them have Wi-Fi in them, and they will expose your kids to radiation and they don't need that. Um, and uh, yeah, another thing that he mentions is the expo or avoid like uh, smart appliances. Just like I was saying with the internet things, avoid buying anything with the word smart in it. It'll be internet enabled and it will track and 
gather your data and then slowly uh, uh, harm you by exposing you to more Wi-Fi. So it's just, it's not worth it. And those stupid smart appliances, like they're always breaking down anyway. Like I remember when uh, dishwashers, or at least like my parents would tell me when dishwashers and washing machines would run forever. Like they were so well built and if they did break down, like people could repair them themselves. They didn't have to go and buy a, a completely buy a new one or anything like that. Um, whereas now you have this these smart devices or smart appliances, and as soon as like with a dishwasher, as soon as water gets in the circuit boards, it's fried. Like, and you have to replace it. And then with these. When it goes down, like with, especially with dishwashers and washing machines, because there's water in there, so the circuit boards break, and then water gets everywhere. So now, not only do you have to deal with these stupid malfunctioning dishwasher, but you have water all over the place, and now you have to deal with that water ingress and water damage. And that's ah, I've lived through that before, and it's it sucks. Um, and depending on how bad the damage is, like. Sometimes you have to leave, go out and um, leave your home for a while while they're fixing everything. It's such a pain in the ass. Like, uh, so anyway, yeah, these smart appliances are not worth it. Um, so at least with that, I'm hoping at least with that we can kind of vote with our dollars and by not buying this crap, we can do something else. Unfortunately, another thing I've learned uh, late lately because there's a push towards getting everyone into these smart cities and by getting everyone <coughs> into these smart cities and and having everyone into these rentals right like uh maybe that's another topic for another day but i have heard of um you know large corporations buying up land everywhere <coughs> so that they could put in rentals uh, but these rentals will have like all the latest smart devices so like you get shoved into a rental and you're surrounded with, with this crap that you don't have a choice over and it's watching your every move so like I said it's really important that we stand stand up against uh, 5G and the rollout of these smart cities because you know otherwise there won't be much of a choice we'll have to we'll own nothing and be happy about it <clears throat> so it's just um you know, be aware and, um, you know, let's kind of stick together and, and figure out a different way. Uh, we don't have to go down this weird uh, fourth industrial Re revolution road. Um, oh, and then the last thing, I just want to make this, uh, just in case for those of you that have your own condo, or if you have a home and you thought about putting in electrical radiant flooring, I know it's really nice. You know, and walk on a floor and it's not cold, especially when you're getting out of a shower, like to walk on a heated floor. I've walked on those before. They are nice. But unfortunately, they're also a source of dirty electricity. And I don't know if there's a way that you can, if there's a solution that neutralizes the EMF, but, um... I think there might be like okay if you really want to put in a radiant floor radiant floor heating in your home 
I think there are brands that uh, neutralize the electromagnetic frequencies in the floor. I would do some serious re research into that though, and if you can't find any, then just don't do it because the EMF from those radiant floors, they will, because it comes up, like it, it comes up your legs and and then it could be, and the EMF exposure can reach as high as your waist. So I know that they're really nice to have, uh, especially if you're taking a shower and it's a friggin' cold, it's nice to have a heated floor. I've, I've had those before and it is. But maybe, I don't know if the, the cost is worth the convenience. Um, you know, if you really do want to keep your feet warm, I usually just have like a a bath mat, like a nice bath mat, a nice soft bath mat. I get out, uh, I get out of that and and use that when I'm out of the shower, and it's nice. The bath mat is nice and soft, and you know, for the most part, at least I'm not stepping on a really cold tile. So there's other solutions, um, but if you really must with the radiant heating, at least do some research before, and just make sure that uh, it's a brand that will neutralize the dirty electricity before you install it because that once they're installed they're hard to get rid of because the radiant heating is underneath the tiles so if you have radiant he heating already that means that you'd have to take up the tiles maybe uh, I mean there might be other ways like I'd consult with an electrician but uh, once it's in there it's not easy to get rid of it so <clears throat> just make sure to do your uh, due diligence before um, you want to get that radiant heating just in case because you know the last thing you want is to be exposed to uh, EMF like that where it's it's hitting your waist and your legs and stuff so and then another way that you can use a way that you can uh, reduce your EMF exposure is if you're not using you know like uh, you're not using your kettle or you're not using uh, your wireless or your chargers or something just unplug them I'll plug them from the wall because it will also help to reduce EMF exposure and also it kind of helps save you money too because when you're plugged even if you're not using an appliance that is plugged in to your wall you're still using electricity uh, <clears throat> so by unplugging your appliances you do save a little bit of electricity because it's not it's still running through your like the electricity 120 volts is still running through that cord you just haven't turned the the on button on but it's still there um, so I hope that was helpful. I mean, there's a lot of information in this book, and like I said, if I was to present all the information on ways to uh, reduce and um, kind of shield ourselves from EMF, like this, I mean, it's already quite long now, um, so this presentation would be really long. So what I think I'll do is, like I said, over the next... Uh, little while I'll start putting together <coughs> presentations of you know talking about EMF so I'm probably going to look into getting my own meters and start learning how to take my own measurements in my own space so I can reduce EMF there and then I can make videos about that and just use that as a way to show people how to um, how they could do that in their homes uh, maybe I can review some of the products that these EMF shields, like uh, I do have a Faraday bag for my cell phone, which I keep in it when I'm not using it now. Like I don't have my cell phone just out. I when I'm not using it, it's in it's away. It's put away in a in a Faraday bag, 
and you could get them for laptops. I think there's also Faraday boxes and so on. Another video Scotty did was he made a Faraday box. It's pretty easy. So maybe I'll do a video where I make a Faraday box and then can ins inspire you to create your own Faraday boxes. But that's kind of the point that I want to make with this channel. It's not just talking about... Um, like health and spirituality kind of go together. And I know it seems like it's all over the place, but um, <clears throat> electricity, there is a spiritual quality to electricity. And not all electricity is bad, but it's just, I'm talking about this because I think it's good to be aware of the risks and the harms of too much EMF exposure. And this, these frequencies and this dirty electricity does interfere with our own electric fields. So, you know, for me personally, if I want to be, uh, like, kind of keep going on the spiritual journey, I would like to have my electrical fields as healthy as possible, if that makes sense. And then, you know, given that I'm studying to be an electrician and so on, I just felt like it was a good idea to talk about this and talk about health and talk about um, other stuff too because I, don't, I also don't want to just talk about the problems in society I also just also, I also want to talk about uh, some of the amazing people that are doing uh, good work and that are trying to help people you know find another way to be in the world kind of thing so um, yeah so I just wanted to kind of put that out there as well because I don't want to just be a negative Nancy or a Pollyanna, it'll be somewhere in between, you know, like cautiously optimistic about our future. And part of that is just knowing and understanding what's going on because knowledge really is power. So, um, and also action, you have the knowledge and then you take action. At least that's what I think. Uh, so I'm going to start reading the invisible rainbow now and I'll do the same thing. I, like I've done with these videos, I'm going to, kind of just review uh the visible rainbow um i don't know if I'll, if i don't be if i can't get through the whole book by next sunday i'm gonna do the same thing with this like just do like a two-parter uh and then i'm gonna start planning out that series with the sci-fi books and talking about what they're doing with kids and in between that uh, i'm also going to start talking about uh consciousness and how we can start developing our own consciousness because you know, like I said, I don't want to just present stuff on the problems, but because I feel like this is a spiritual engagement, you know, I, I do think that we can have develop our own tools and develop a spiritual consciousness where we can change the vibration, like literally. I mean, I, I know that sounds like hokey, uh, fluffy, bliss bunny bullshit, but there is some truth to be in um, towards having a high vibration and perhaps it's been kind of cliched or whatever on purpose that we don't look at it I think that you know I really do believe that love is the way and I don't mean romantic love but agape love and through developing our consciousness maybe we also develop wisdom too because uh, I often think about Mary Shelley's Mary Shelley's uh, book Frankenstein and one of the key lessons from that book for me was mm, just because we can doesn't mean we should. 
And just because we can roll out these technologies doesn't necessarily mean we should. And I think what we, I think what will help in these strange times is wisdom and love and the, the wisdom that comes from not doing something, you know, especially for uh, Eurocentric thinking. I think other cultures have uh, quite a bit more wisdom. Uh, and I think we just need a, a Western culture and, and Western uh, science needs to, you know, catch up a bit to that. Um, whereas, you know, other cultures have a little more wisdom and a little more uh, understanding of spiritual responsibility, something that we can learn for sure. Um, but anyway, that's what I'm going to be focused on over the next couple of weeks. I hope everyone has a wonderful week and um, thank you for coming by the cafe. I was enjoying a, a cup of um, some Starbucks uh, decaf coffee I had in my cupboard, which I just want to finish off before I move on to a different decaf coffee. I was drinking too much regular coffee today, so I decided just to go with decaf on the show, otherwise I'll be jittering and um that's not good so <laughs> uh and it's okay i mean i i prefer again i prefer uh trying to find a local decaf but i did happen to have the starbucks decaf coffee and i just don't want to like throw it out because it's you know it's pretty decent it's decent coffee and i want to just get rid of it um so yeah thank you so much for coming by the cafe and i hope you enjoyed the show and we'll talk to you soon bye bye <laughs>